0: Rewinding. Rewinding
1: Kaya FM on FM Rewind.
2: Sidebar with Cindy.
0: Every Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. On Kaya FM, 95.9.
2: Welcome to Sidebar Cindy. With me, um, Dr. Cindy Fansale. And this evening, um, I'll be chatting about a topic that's very close to my heart. Um, I first came across HIV when I was at medical school. And it was 2001. I was in second year medicine. And at the time... When I look back, I don't think we had any idea what the pandemic was about to do um, to the country. And this is what we'll be discussing tonight. I'll be chatting about, you know, the evolution of HIV, um, where we've come as a country, where we are right now, the treatments that is used for HIV and also some very important hashtags that have come up in the last few years. And the most important hashtag, as far as I'm concerned, is the hashtag U equals U undetectable equals untransmittable. But we'll be going through that as the show progresses. Don't forget our podcasts are up so you can go to kiafm.co.za to listen um, to the podcasts at FM Rewind. You can also tune in live at kiafm.co.za and also on the DSTV audio bouquet on channel 861. So, we have this hashtag. U equals you. Undetectable equals untransmittable. So basically what this hashtag means is that if you're living with HIV and you're taking lifelong antiretroviral treatments, so you're on ARVs, if you're taking your medication properly, and this means taking it every single day, and we check the number of HIV copies in your blood, which is what we call the viral load, if your viral load is undetectable, then you can't transmit HIV to your partner if you have sex without a condom, to your baby if you are living with HIV and pregnant, um, if you are a, a breastfeeding mother and you're HIV positive and on treatment, you won't be able to infect your baby. And there's a and and that really is why this hashtag means so much to me because it changes the way that people are living with HIV feel about themselves, and it also changes. Your, your ideas around future fertility, um, unprotected sex, and so on. And this is why I decided to bring this topic to the table so we can have that discussion. I'm joined in studio by a friend of mine, good friend of mine, Dr. Bati Raitawengwa.
3: Good evening.
2: And um, Bati, thank you so much for being here. Thanks. And um, Ubati works at Kegalle in mm-hmm. Alex. And he qualified in 2006. He obtained his medical degree at Medunsa, and he's worked in the NGO and the private sectors. Um, and he also, um, you know, hosts some um, a few health features on some radio radio stations. But the most important thing that's close to his heart is the provision of quality primary health care. Correct. But he also has a passion for HIV, and just like me, he believes that you know we we, we can curb. The rates of new infections By making sure that people Know their statuses So everyone has to test for HIV And if you're positive You start treatment And if you're on treatment You take it properly And you make sure That you, you know You keep taking it So yeah. thank you Bati. Thank you for joining
3: me Thanks for having me
2: So we'll be taking your calls On 086-00-00959 You can SMS us On 36959 And of course On Twitter the hashtag is sidebar Cindy Kaya FM Talk. Thank you, Betty. Thank you for being here. As I said,
3: thanks for having me, Sense.
2: So let's go back a bit to medical school. All right. So you came from Zim. You were born in
3: Zimbabwe, right? Correct.
2: And then you came to to Zimbabwe to South, South, Africa, South Africa for in, medical school. Yeah,
3: in about when was that? Nineteen ninety
2: nine. Okay, and, yeah. and 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 how was Medunsa? It
3: was nice. It was nice. It was a little bit of a culture shock at first, but it was.
2: In a culture shock, in what sense?
3: Well, so. Where was I in Zimbabwe? I was, I was sort of from junior school, high school in Zimbabwe. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, where was that junior school? That was Hartman House, and then if you remember, Pete House was my was my high school. And I I sort of applied for this university. That's what what is it? Medical University of Southern Africa. Came down first day. I'm, you know, we get to Pretoria. I'm thinking, ah, this place must be close because University of Pretoria is right here. Like, yeah. So <laughs> we jump into the cab. <laughs> like, like, the cab driver was laughing at me. He's like, "You have no idea." So it's about what is it? 31 kilometers outside of outside of the city. But, you know, you you um, you're right next to what's now George. It's George Mukhari Hospital, George right?
2: George Hospital. Yes.
3: And I won't lie to you. Clinic, clinically, we there's nothing that i didn't encounter in that hospital
2: yeah
3: like you actually you actually have got your shoulder to the wheel when you're when you're when you're training in that place you know mm. there was obviously for the first couple of years a little bit of language barrier like i said culture shock and things like that but yeah but i would i would not switch my experience
2: mm. and and hiv when did you you know when did you first start seeing um hiv ca- hiv cases
3: like at, as, at the, as, as a clinician or as a person
2: as, as a medical student
3: um, that must have been about two thousand
2: and two. Okay. And yeah. and then and, and and back then of course the the, the the narrative around HIV was that it was a death sentence, right? And there was nothing much so we could do. You had to, to
3: take so many pills if you really wanted to survive. Yeah, I, don't, I can't remember what the cost of medication was at that time, but we we hadn't rolled out ARVs in South Africa. I remember, mm. and we have all of those um, controversies from those years about yeah. that yeah.
2: dark time during our yeah. very
3: dark time. Yeah. Yeah.
2: but we've, we've 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 progressed from there, and here we we've, are. We've,
3: yeah, we've we've come a very long way.
2: And here we are in 2019, and we have this hashtag, you equals you, which, um, you know, which has to, which has to reach everybody. I think my frustration at the moment, Madzi, is that Mm. here's this hashtag, which I feel everybody
3: should be aware of.
2: And it's taking a while for for the authorities, for the powers that be to get this hashtag rolling. And. I know that some of the thinking around it is is that if we tell people that this is what can happen concerning you equals you undetectable equals untransmittable, we are now going to be promoting reckless okay we are not promoting behavior.
3: anything you're empowering people. so you empower people to be able to manage their health by themselves. Mm. That's what you do That's why we say you should know your status, you should, you should, you should, you should test and treat this as soon as, as, as you're positive. You're empowering people to to to, to manage. To manage their lives and i mean it's not like i don't think we have such an irresponsible society that the moment you tell people that you equals you then everybody's going to go out and do, and and be irresponsible i think i think by the time somebody's been on treatment for long enough with enough counseling and you know i mean uh, let's be honest people who are on arvs and on diabetic medication are the best patients you can get because mm-hmm. they're well aware of what they're doing especially someone who's you know they get really committed to their program and all it is is about empowerment. Give people the knowledge. If, if, it's, if it's scientific, if it's medical, if we had the study, if we've done, if we've done the peer review, if, if you did everything that's supposed to be done in terms of research, why can you not release the information to the public? Yeah. The public should know.
2: And this is really what happened. I think, um, you know, the guy that introduces hashtag onto my timeline, Mm. Bruce Richmond, he's based in New York and he runs a a site called Prevention Access. The first time I came across the hashtag U equals U was on his timeline Mm. and I'm eternally grateful for that. And I remember reaching out to him and we started chatting and he said that, I mean, he's living with HIV. I think he's 51 years old this year. And when he had come across this information. His first thing was, why isn't this information public knowledge? This is now in the United States, mm. and he lobbied and he lobbied and he, you know, made all the right nois- noises until that message was adopted. Mm. And at the last AIDS conference in Amsterdam, twenty eighteen, this um, this hashtag was adopted by almost every, um, you know, world authority in terms of, in terms of HIV, no. HIV, whether it's the CDC, the World Health Organization, the United Nations, UN AIDS They've put out statements endorsing. The, the the principle the science behind you of equals course. you that if you're living with HIV you're on treatment and you're taking your treatment properly you can't um, you are not infectious you cannot infect another person or your baby if you're pregnant or breastfeeding with with HIV mm-hmm. and 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 I'm hoping that you know with my platforms whether it's social media or Facebook or, or Instagram um, I'm 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 hoping that the message is reaching people because we need to get it out
3: there yeah you just have to keep pumping it. you have to keep pushing it you have to like we have to involve our colleagues they must involve their patients and the message will get out there eventually but, but you know there's there's always different people may have questions around it you know which which maybe we might pay a little bit of devil, devil's advocate to say okay fine you because you, you cannot transmit but what happens when you sleep with somebody who's not whose viral load is 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 very high mm. what what will happen
2: so, look, if you think about the concept of PrEP, if you there think about go. pre-exposure prophylaxis, so pre-exposure prophylaxis is, um, is, the, is when you take medication, so you mm. take antiretroviral medication to protect you from HIV infection. infection yeah. So my thinking the, in my head as a scientist, as an HIV scientist, mm-hmm. is that if you're taking treatment, um, you are suppressing your viral load, but also, in a way, you're protecting yourself from what we used to think was
3: reinfection. Yeah. yeah.
2: And that's what I, I've been telling patients because that question keeps coming up. Of that course. oh, okay, I understand that I can't infect anyone. But, but what if someone yeah. hasn't disclosed their status to me True. and they have a high number of HIV copies in their blood, what happens then? So so that's, so that's, uh, that's, that's, that's my science around it. Mm. And just to talk, I think it's important for the listeners, and if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Sidebarad Cindy on KFM 95.9, and I'm chatting to Dr. Batirai Tawengwa, who works at KGashle and Alex, and we're talking about HIV this evening. We'll be taking your calls on 86 000 000 Nine, we'll also be fielding um, your SMSs, and just just if I take a look at Twitter and see what's happening on the hashtag sidebar, I mean, there's one person that says that he is not going to take, um, you know, this risk. Ukaya says, "I'm sorry, but I could never take this risk," and 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 that's something that I've come across, and I've, I sit and I argue this with people, and I say to them that
3: which risk exactly?
2: He's not going to have sexual unprotected sexual intercourse with someone that's living with HIV and on treatment, okay. even if their viral load is undetectable. Okay. And that's okay, Kaya. That's 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 your decision to take. But the science is still there. The the research has been done and doesn't change the fact that if you're on treatment and your viral load is undetectable, you are at no risk of mm. infecting someone else. So I, I I get it and I accept that. And I think a lot of people are Feel, feel the same way And they have reservations About this message being shared you know, And that's, that's a problem for me Because I feel that If you're planning on having children How do we expect If we keep saying that HIV is a chronic condition Like any other condition We expect you to live a, a full healthy life Like everyone else How do we expect you to, to have kids If that's your choice mm. If we're still going to impose The use of, of condoms on you While you're on treatment If we know the information that we know
3: Well, we have the information on that's that's I think I think that's the whole that's 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 the whole purpose of 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 having studies like that to say okay fine we used to just struggle with CD4 and viral load Mm. and everything and getting adherence remember like um, what was it adherence counselling and then you had to start with vitamins first before you we've come a very long way so for us to come out of those. Um, dark periods in time when uh, you remember with the controversies mm. around around rolling out ARVs. To come to this point, I think we've also got um, a mature patient base. We've got people who came with us from back in those days.
2: Yeah, as I said, Bruce Richman, exactly. there's a lot of people on Twitter who've come out to their status yeah, app, and, and they can tell you what we went through. They can tell you how far we've come with everything. Mm.
3: So if you, I mean, knowledge is power. You have to empower people with knowledge and they must make choices.
2: Yeah, and, and just, to, just to touch on that, Batsi, um, mm. you know, Batsirai, is that When I first... And, um, encountered an, an HIV clinic where we have this clinic and people must start treatment. Mm-hmm. The waiting list at Kalafong Hospital in Pretoria, the waiting list to start treatment was two years. Right. right. And before you could start treatment, you had to have counseling, you had to see a psychologist, you had to have a treatment buddy, a person that commits to making sure that you are to take your treatment, you had to see a dietitian, you had to see a social worker. There were so many hurdles before to, you could actually get that pill yeah, and people died waiting for medication. True. You know so we can't Go back then to back to those days, but we have Unogwazi calling us from Kempton Park. Good evening, Unogwazi, and um, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Dr. Panzil. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. And um, my question is, if a person has tested undetectable. So a person's and, on treatment and, and yeah, if a person on treatment and they've tested undetectable, obviously. And you decide to practice unprotected sex in that you will not be using the condom. Mm-hmm. And obviously, they do the blood test every six months as required by their physician or their doctor.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: How do you know if, for example, the person does a blood test today and then obviously the next six months they have to do it? What is in the first in the Three months after you've done the blood test, somehow the viral load just shoots up. Isn't that uh, A risk. putting
2: the partner at risk somehow? I listen on the radio. I, I think you do understand my question. I do. I completely understand because this, this, your question comes up with clinicians all the time. But thank you. I understand exactly what you're saying. Can I listen on the radio? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So, nobody's is asking that. Okay, so here I am. I've done my blood test on the 15th of May. I get the results after two days, and it says that on the 15th of May, my viral load was undetectable. Mm-hmm. She wants to know, on the 15th of August, what are the chances that my viral load is still undetectable? So, does this U equals you still count three months from now, six months from now, before my next test? Mm-hmm. So, yes that that this has come up and i think this is where the reinfection
3: debate comes in
2: yes so so this is where Um. i think as clinicians some clinicians are on 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 one side of the fence and obviously i'm on the other side of the fence Mm. so if you are taking your treatment every single day properly at the same time we can expect that three months from now six months from now a year from now your viral load will still be undetectable right so that so that, that the important thing here is that you need to stick to your medication if you stop your medication right then of course we can expect your viral load to go
3: up well look yeah look that's correct but now i also would like mm-hmm. to see your partner i'd like to see you and your partner if you have partners try and book different appointment dates
2: why would you want to see Evans' partner but right? see right look it helps look
3: it helps you know it's it, it, and this is the problem i think that we have in fighting hiv a lot okay. of the times we have female patients who adhere so well mm-hmm. to the medication but our brothers uh, in the background, saying, "I know my wife's gone. Everything is cool." Well, that's
2: proxy she's testing. Like, okay, uh, so so that's proxy testing. So so what, what, what Dr. Tawengwa has yeah. brought up is a principle that a lot of men, okay, so some men use. So, the partner, the female partner gets tested. Say she's pregnant, and she gets tested for HIV, um, and then you know, then then she has a baby, and they're going to dis- determine what her status is based on the facts. Of breastfeeding, so if she chooses to breastfeed, in their minds, she's HIV negative. But if she chooses to formula feed, in their mind, it means that she's HIV positive. Now that's proxy testing, and proxy testing is 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 not advisable. Every person has to have their own HIV test done. That's the first thing. The second thing, Dr. Batsirai, is that our clinic services are not necessarily male friendly, right? There's something that comes up. Time and again no. How are we making it easy For males To come in and test Am I going to feel comfortable Going to connect there Where my wife's Best friends work So if I come in mm. for a test Or I come in with an STI uh, How do I know that By the time my wife Gets home from work she hasn't heard the news That yes, oh yeah, yeah Your partner was at the clinic
3: so And that's why you find People roving a lot People don't go to clinics In their own neighborhoods yeah. Yeah, they'll, they'll, yeah They'll collect medication So, as, so, yeah. so
2: when, as a male What do you think We can do differently To ensure that more men Come into the system Because it's not that The men don't want to test But sometimes It's just not feasible If you're working In an industrial area And there's no, and the clinic The nearest clinic Is like 20 kilometers away you, you don't have time To take off from work To go and get tested So what are we no, doing do. To I make the system can. easier I think
3: you should Okay I'm, I'm, Look it's, it's fine yes I understand what you're saying, that maybe the system is a bit, is a, um, is a bit disruptive to, to people who are, who are seeking to manage their health care properly. But this is what I'm saying. Empower people to make decisions. And I don't think for a person who can take a Monday off for such and such a thing, you can take one day off to come and see Dr. Cindy, to get, to get your viral done, to know your status, to now start managing your health. With information that you have to get educated on it, and not talk to your buddies and say, "Hey, what happened?" You say, "No, when my wife went, they told her this and this and that." So now, I mean, this is the thing: we just have to encourage people. Well, I think we have to encourage uh, my gender to, to at least um, change their health-seeking behavior.
2: Okay, so that's
3: what has to happen. I, I look. I, I know that. We can say clinics are not male friendly We can say this and that But it doesn't matter whether it's in private um, In the government clinic and whatever Males do in general Are not sort of part of the program
2: Okay, so before we go for a break I just want to ask you When we come back from mm. the break mm. The whole issue of you call. So the partner comes in And they've got their partners And you want them to bring Each individual partner in for a checkup. up 95.9 Kai FM Home of the Afropolitan More And welcome to the show uh, Good evening, how are you? Fine, thank you I'm
1: fine, thanks. Uh, I'm Maureen from Benoni. I'm a PhD clinician, yes. but I won't mention the name of the clinic. Okay, ma'am. Yeah? That's fine. My worry is we are having a lot of a lot of a high number of patients who are newly diagnosed with mm-hmm. HIV. Yes, with all the information that is being sent out, but we're still having the number of people who are getting infected. So now I'm worried. When we're saying we're going to uh, educate our people give them, empower them, so that they can be able to know that when you are on earth, you cannot infect your partner when your viral load is suppressed. Yes. Are we going to manage that when we cannot even manage to make the people aware of the uh, danger of unprotected sex? Because right now, our our patients, some of them, they can't even disclose to their partner. They still continue sleeping with their partner, knowing very well you are infected and you, you don't know the status of, of, of your partner. But you can't be brave enough to tell your partner that you are on earth. You keep on sleeping with her. So with a viral load, how are we going to do that? Because we're still going to have the same problem. People who don't want to disclose okay. or who will be
2: lying about their viral load. Mm, okay, now thank you for that Sister Maureen I'm going to ask you, Dr. Bati to field that question I'm in the studio with Dr. Bhatiai Tawengwa who works at Kegatle and um, yeah, let's hear what he has to say about what Sister Maureen has pointed out
3: well, well, look. Um, I think what she's saying is that, regardless of all of our interventions in the past, how many years we still have extremely high infection rates in terms of um, people new HIV in- infections. I look, that's 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 a patient education thing. I mean, for 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 the prevention argument, but we need to also look at. What are the drivers of that high infection rate in society? Is it, is it the bless a phenomenon? Is it the sugar daddy phenomenon? Is it, is it, is it high school children who are who are getting infected by other school kids, or is it in higher risk groups that you're getting these? We have to we have to look at the communities where, or or the demographic where um, uh, the infection rates are worst, and and educate. And educate, because for you to reduce, to reduce um, transmission rates, it's an education thing. Education in one thing where if you have a controlled... Okay, so let's say you, you do have a partner who disclosed. That's when, you, that's when you're going to have your prep. But in terms of general casual sex lifestyle, people hooking up, we educate enough people the transmission rates will go down. If people condomize or if people manage their health properly.
2: Mm. And before we went for the break, you spoke about um, partner tracing. Partners, yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, I did, I did, I did.
2: So let me let, let me hear about that.
3: Well, you wanna look, you're not treating. I mean, it takes two, you know, to oh, two or more to get things done um, in the bedroom, shall we say? You're not just treating this individual. You wanna treat um, them and anybody else who, the, who, who they've exposed, either the STI or. Or, or the virus, too. Mm-hmm. You need to have some way of asking them to, to bring their partner in. And if they're like, Doc, I've got multiple partners, that's not my business. My business is to make sure that everybody who's been exposed and is and is unaware that they're exposed or or needs for them to get some prophylaxis right now does come in and we and we intervene in time
2: and so this is where you'd ask the 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 the, the person to mm. bring the partners in on different days
3: if he wants to i mean if people go to hotels on different days for certain reasons and the concierge says nothing um i actually the concierge didn't take an oath i took an oath Mm. i think i can keep you know i can sort of keep a straight face enough but At least if I can get to talk to my patient and educate him on the risks of multiple sexual partners, that's another thing. But if he's going to bring 10 partners in, I know I've intervened in 10 lives. Rather than him bringing one and we're trying to be socially, politically correct or something. Bring them in, please. 10 as they are. And and, uh, and uh, look, I'll I'll treat the disease. Mm,
2: let That's talk about and you listen to Sidebot Cindy on Kai FM 95.9. So, we have a special guest online. His name is Dear Matier, Mathieu. And I met him um, last week at um, the Northwest University. I'd gone to give a talk to the students about HIV and sex and. Pre-exposure prophylaxis And U equals U And Devald, um also gave a talk As a student Telling us about his journey With pre-exposure prophylaxis So we have him online And um, yeah I'm, 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 I'm happy that we could get hold of him um, Good evening, Devald And thank you so much for joining us
0: Hi, Dr. Sundi How are you?
2: Good, thank you Thank you so much for, for coming onto the show And I've just given Yeah, an,
0: no, it's no problem
2: And I've just given an introduction On how we met um, at the at the event At the Northwest University um, Devald, I want you to tell us what first of all, where did you hear about pre-exposure prophylaxis, right? The 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 tablet that you can take to protect you from HIV infection, and what made you decide to start taking it?
0: Okay, so basically, the first time I get uh, were exposed to the concept of prep, it was uh, on a, a dating platform where people put on their statuses and saying, "Well, they are negative." but they are using PrEP and then it was uh, quite curious for me uh, to get to know what is this PrEP thing people are talking about and what is it about and I did a a bit of research about it and then I... I saw what, it, what is uh, it doing and um, how can you use it and everything. And the first, first, one of the biggest struggles were to get it because um, it is, as a student, and your budget is tight, it is quite expensive, um, like I discussed last time at the university. Yes. And um, then there's a lot of organizations that is giving it out free and um, and then the government as well. Um, yeah, if you are qualified in certain uh, risk groups so um, then I uh, I decided maybe I should um, try to find out more and what then happened is I met a friend um, he's now a friend of mine and he is using pep and I asked him about it and he's also a pharmacist and everything and at the end of the day he encouraged me as a student because uh, in a student environment um, Sex is is one of the one of the things students do in their free time, yes. and I live by the thing about prevention is better than um, dealing yeah. with the circumstances afterwards. Yes. The whole thing about channelling is better better for common is better than That's in Afrikaans. Yeah. so. Basically that is why I decided to start using prep and he said if I'm on a medical scheme I can most probably get prep free and that that is how I obtained my prep.
2: And and so the perception, Dear Valt, about prep that if you're on prep you want to be promiscuous. Did you did you did you did that cross your mind? Have you come across such such thinking?
0: Yes. Yes I did. Um well, it actually, um, the first time it was uh, with my doctor, he was um, telling me, so is that basically why you want to use it? So
2: this, is, so, so, so this is now, you've gone to your medical doctor, you are yes. asking to be registered on the pre-exposure prophylaxis program of your medical aid.
3: Which is a good thing. Which
2: yes. is a good thing. And, this, and then the doctor says that you want to start prep because you want to sleep around
0: basically that is what he said to me so it was quite shocking for me and that is one of the biggest reasons why i was wanting to do activist work on press because just now on twitter i saw um his ten things about uh, people thinking um, only gay guys use PrEP and um, uh, PrEP is just like an excuse for doing back and everything. Yes. But it's not that. It's your life, it's your choice. So why do people need to make an issue about this? That is what I want to say to people. It, you can be gay, you can be straight, you can be whatever you want. It's about living a better life. Mm.
2: Well, thank you so much, Devil. Thank you so much for for, for calling in and sharing your experiences and um, I hope to see more of your work on Twitter I, I'm glad that you're on Twitter now and I'll make sure that everyone gets your handle so you can keep talking us through this important message of pre-exposure prophylaxis
0: Thank you Dr. Cindy, and I am seeing out for working in the future with you
2: <laughs> Thank you very much Enjoy so it's just gone half past seven on Sidebot Cindy on Kai FM 95.9. I'm still in studio with Dr. Batsirai Tawengwa, who works at Kegashle in LX. And we're discussing HIV. We're discussing U equals U, undetectable equals untransmittable. I've just had a chat with Udevalt about PrEP, pre exposure prophylaxis, a type that you can take to protect you from HIV. And I also have a query from Twitter where Umasi Chaba has asked um, if I could explain how saliva. Um, does not transmit HIV. So this is something that comes up quite a bit on on social media about oral sex. If if can, can you get HIV from oral sex?
3: Wait, wait, before we go there, I just want to address what dearvult um, dearvult said. Mm. I mean, if you really if you really read between the lines, that's still stigma. That's still coming back to the point that certain people have subjective views about HIV because they do have. A subconscious bias or whatever, it's it's this it's it's the stigma phenomenon that surrounds this disease. Mm. I mean if it was if it was a diabetic thing, no one would say, Oh, so you're trying to go and have more sweet you know what I'm saying? Because it's a sexually transmitted disease, because it's an HIV positive patient, even though he's doing something so proper, like he's trying to manage his lifestyle, he's trying to make sure that he doesn't get um, a new transmission and he's that's management that's yeah, that's and a and good and thing he's to do being real
2: because he's a but, student he knows the setting mm. and he knows what 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 students get up to but
3: because maybe we haven't been um educated or sensitized or we actually have maybe a lot of doctors just actually haven't looked um at hiv as 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 a phenomenon globally i mean can you really <laughs> you're I gonna did, tell someone do, you know, so listen so understand. you are trying to I'm here for prep.
2: I did some training on 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 prep, Dr. Tawenga, for, for for, for medical doctors, and I must tell you, you know, I I do quite a bit of teaching. That was probably the hardest audience um, I'd have. I've had to teach about prep and men who have sex with men and all of those concepts mm. because they sat there staring at me as if I was speaking Greek. But eventually, I guess you know my take home message for them at the end of the day was we are here to save lives and we are here to make people's lives better mm. so we can't judge we leave our judgments at home and you do what you have to do because you took an oath and that's what you have to do
3: yeah but stigma is not that easy to get rid of
2: well education
3: education yeah, and e- and and reexposure education over and yeah, over again. and
2: that's why we do with the work that we mm. do mm. so back to umas chaba's tweet about saliva um, being a mode of transmission of hiv so the amount of HIV in saliva, so every bodily fluid contains some virus, mm. but there isn't enough virus in, HIV, in, in, in saliva for transmission to happen. So this is why kissing and oral sex are not modes of transmission what for, about for HIV. What
3: about if you have like a cold sore?
2: Even if you have a cold sore, even if you have a cut in your mouth, um, saliva itself is potent, so the virus wouldn't survive for very long under mm-hmm. those circumstances, mm-hmm. but there's not enough of it for transmission to occur.
3: What if you just got your tooth pulled and you're bleeding? Okay, who would want
2: to be kissing someone under this circumstances? Listen, there's some people it, out right?
3: there. They do, you know, things happen. Okay, Answer. so,
2: okay, so if, you've, if you've had, if you've just had a tooth extracted and your mouth is beating, there's a cotton all plugged in there, of course we don't want you to be kissing or having oral sex. So stay, you know, keep yourself to yourself up until the wound is closed, you've done your salt washes, you've finished your course of antibiotics and you've healed.
3: Fair enough. <laughs> so <laughs> we
2: have Untate uh, Puso on the line and he's calling us from South Hills. Good evening, Tate. What's
4: well, well my uh, well I, i'm not uh, uh
2: well
4: hey eh. uh, eh, because we are talking these terms i could be. i've never been medical i don't want to be medical but my bless you my i could increase the i mm. you think does the message get to our people
2: it doesn't because this is the work that i do so the challenge, yeah. the, the the challenge is not that the message is not going out there. The yeah. challenge is that not enough of us, not enough of us nurses or medical doctors, are sharing this message.
4: Yeah. No, in, in, the, in the layman's language, mm-hmm. well, I, I think I am very litfoot, very litfoot. But sometimes I'm telling you, I go to the next. Okay. Uh, 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 you know, what about, if you can break it down to, to, to the, to the okay. kinetic, what, what, uh, no, 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 it's not a, a, a criticism.
2: No, 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 Dade, it's, it's 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 a very it's a very valid point mm-hmm. because we were we were actually arguing this yesterday on one of my social media platforms around how are some are all messages appropriate for Africa. And yeah. my, my initial yeah. response was one of, what What does that woman mean by asking that question?
4: But yes. What's about Sometimes, that's what I experience myself mm-hmm. in my professional life. I would say things, God into they fly over the people's heads. And, uh, and and you, you you find people doing the same thing that you say you should, they shouldn't do. And so uh m Okay. Let, let,
3: let me let me cut to the chase. Okay. You know,
4: uh, I think uh, I it was great as well. Okay so- because 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 I, I don't understand why we should have we should have this uh, incidence of HIV this day and age
2: we are sexual beings. Sex is part of life.
4: Of course it is. Of course it is. I, I, I'm, I'm not discounting that at all. But what I'm saying is that, uh, given all the factors that we have,
2: mm-hmm.
4: do, do, do we do we really get through to people who have averse from the-
2: We do. Okay. So uh, so so I'll I'll, I'll we'll, we'll we'll definitely have this topic again. But let me explain. So prophylaxis is treatment that is taken to prevent something. So in the context of HIV, when I speak about PrEP, when I say pre-exposure prophylaxis, that young man that called in is taking a tablet... Once a day, every day, to protect himself from contracting HIV, mm-hmm. and that is what pre-exposure prophylaxis is. Mm-hmm. So he's he's a student. He understands that he's in an environment where the sex can happen at any time. It's not always protected sex because that's, a, that's reality, right? So he he understands the reality of his of his setting, and he's now taking precautions. So to answer your question about why do we still have um, high transmission rates in this day and age, we are not always upfront. Or realistic about our situation.
3: True story. True
2: okay, story. so Dr. Bati would like to comment. There. But thank you so much, Lentepo. Puso. We'll, I'll, I'll keep all your your comments in mind.
3: I mean, how many patients have you had who have said, "I'm not ready to test today, Cindy"? Mm. It, it doesn't change the disease process that's happening in your body, but people get to a point where they where they think. That they're not ready to know their status for one or two or three or four reasons, and I mean that's the first step of you taking prep. If you're gonna take prep, you, you wanna know your status first, mm. and then if you yeah, and then if 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 you know that you're negative and you want to avoid transmission, you're gonna take the pill. Okay, well, but yeah. how many people do you know that actually come in? And you suggest them, but or, you, or you offer, let's say for a VMMC program, and you offer, say, listen, before we circumcise, um, we, do, we do offer free HIV testing. Would you like to test? Like, mm doc, I'm not ready.
2: Testing is scary, Dr. today. But we'll take a call from Utembi. is calling us from Timbisa. Um, Timbi, welcome to Sidewalk Cindy on Kai FM 95.9. Hi, how are you guys? We're good, thank, you. Right, thank you. Thank you for calling uh,
1: in. Okay, I'm good.
2: Okay, uh, I'm
1: a clinician by right. profession yes and then some things when they when the patient tells you about you tell you take it from a patient until you have to personally encounter it yes so right now I'm a porous like i'm single trying to get into a relationship so obviously before you get into so many things the first thing you do is you go and test
2: yes. with your partner
1: right so now i'm having a problem whereby what if i met
2: a discordant partner. Mm. Discordance meaning you are Who HIV positive and he's no. negative or vice versa. What what what, no. what, what do you mean by discordance? Okay.
1: Let's 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 take it like here is a carrier, here is positive. But whenever you do a rapid test or an ELISA test, they both come back negative.
2: Okay. I
3: think it's about okay. Natural so, okay.
2: So the first thing okay, so okay. You've brought up something and and, and, and I want us to talk i talk about it now Before you finish Your train of thought mm. So you, you do, We don't have Something like An HIV carrier So a person Is either living with HIV They're either HIV positive Or they're HIV negative that, That's the first thing So before we take your calls um, Michael is here And He's uh, Coming on at 8 with the Law Report. Hi, Cindy. Uh, Tonight on the Law Report, we're going to have part two of a conversation we had a few weeks ago. And we're talking about family homes. And just to make, you know, just to sort of demonstrate how big a deal this is, there's actually a position paper that is written by an organization called Mm ProBono.org in conjunction with University of Birmingham. And they're talking about family homes and how it affects South Africa today. So that's what we're talking about today. And as always, because this is obviously a question that and, and a subject that affects a lot of Afropolitans, um, especially in the Gauteng area. Yeah. Uh, so I'll be looking forward to the calls, and uh, uh, as always, Afropolitans can call us. Thank you. Looking forward to the show. So back to Tembi. Tembi, um, was yeah. She called in from Timbisa and she's still on the line. So Tembi, So I was just explaining before we went for the break that um, um, so the concept of carrier doesn't exist. So you're Not either HIV positive or you're HIV negative.
1: Okay. Can I tell you explain to you where I come? Yes, that? yes, that's yes,
2: I've just explained that, so now we can continue with your with your your your, your question.
1: okay, I had a couple who came to who came to test at the yes. clinic mm. the the lady tested positive. the guy tested negative. Yes. They say they've been having unprotected sex for the past three years or so. Yes. that's that's how uh, how back they've been living together. so. We thought that they've been they've not been using protection for three years and the lady is positive, the guy is negative. Then we decided to do a backup like another test which we did Eliza we did an Eliza.
2: Eliza, okay.
1: Yeah.
2: Eliza came back negative. For the for the partner?
1: Yes, for the partner.
2: And the lady still and keeps testing positive. Positive.
1: And the partner, this guy says uh, before this relationship, he had another relationship which was similar. The first time they met, the one testing both tested negative. Later on the lady tested positive. Okay. And then the lady apparently she got pregnant during labor she couldn't make it. So now she had this second girlfriend.
2: Okay. Which the same thing is happening again. Okay. So so okay, so now I'm just going to go in a bit deeper in terms of the, the, the transmission of HIV. So the, okay. so the the factors that affect whether HIV gets transmitted or not. The first thing is the viral load. How much HIV is in the person's system? So the lower the viral load, the smaller the risk of HIV transmission. So there's a threshold. There's a certain figure below which, even if you aren't on treatment, but if your viral load is lower than that number, you... You won't be able to transmit the chances of you transmitting the virus are very small. That's the first thing. The second thing is the presence of sexually transmitted infections. We know that the HIV loves open, moist wounds. So if there are no STIs, the risk of transmission again is very small. And the last thing is circumcision. So circumcision, we know that over a two-year period, if you're circumcised, there's a small there's a there's a a, a, a decrease. Yeah, 60% decreased risk of HIV transmission. So when I have couples like 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 you know what you've just described, the thing is to to go through each of the, the the risk factors of transmission, to check if the couple you know tested together before before um, they engaged in unprotected sex, and to also ask how many times they're actually having sex. So it's one thing to be with someone for three years and to say that you're having sex, but how often are they exposed to each other's genital fluids? So um, I hope that answers your, your 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 question.
4: So
1: when you're checking for the predisposing factors. Mm. Then now how do you check for VL When the patient
2: actually tests negative No, no, no So, so the viral load of the positive partner Of the positive partner Yeah, because positive. remember okay. The negative partner is negative And if they keep testing negative That partner is negative And that's done So we are now So, so we are now asking the positive partner When did you start treatment Are you currently on treatment how, What is your latest viral load And obviously if the patient's on treatment And they're still, con- they're still having sex And the viral load is undetectable There is no transmission happening there Oh, okay. All right. I get you. Okay, but I'll get your details from the producer, and I'll get in touch with you after the show. Okay, thanks a lot. Okay, that. thank you for the call. We have um, Tabang calling us from Davidson. Tabang, thank you for holding, and welcome to Sideboard, Cindy.
4: Hello, I'm mm. going to talk to you. I'm going to talk to you in the city of
2: 2010.
4: So welcome to Davidson. I'm going to talk to you about the club. I'm mm. starting to work on my about medication now. So, last, uh, last Monday, I'm a result, but no. I'm sorry, 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 I'm
2: sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm
4: sorry, I'm 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 sorry, i am sorry i am i am sorry 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 yeah, Yep, yeah could you me yeah yeah something
2: Gag because, okay, so when I, when I, um, babatabang, it's because opuza, a medication gatle. So the government of, the Department of Health started a system where you start your medication, and then after one year, they check how well you're doing. If your viral load is undetectable, they then transfer you to a club. So every three months or every four months, you you know, a group of you goes to the clinic, and you go straight to fetch your medication, and you go home. And if you're doing very well on that, they then send you to fetch your medication at Clix or at Discam. So the government has got um, you know, a contract with some of the retail pharmacies where you can go and fetch your medications. So it's only patients And some private practices. And some, yeah, and some private practices. Mm. So we're making it convenient. There's no need for you to keep going into clinics and sitting in the long queue. So we're basically decanting the patients. And it's only patients who are virally suppressed whose viral loads are undetectable who can mm. do that. Mm. So, Baba Tabang, keep it up. We put a medication yako, and you won't infect your girlfriend if anything happens um, to the condom. Thank you very much. Eh? Okay, keep it up. God bless. Eh? Thank you. Bye. We also have Faith who's calling us from Discovery. Thank you so much for calling, Faith. Good evening. Yes, um, I just heard uh, the young men that phoned
1: in and spoke about the PrEP. Yes. And, uh, um, and I also heard the doctor saying that it doesn't matter how many uh, partners you have, you can bring them in on different occasions. Yes. I hear a lot of talk where we sort of promote this PrEP thing. Yes. But um, very little comes through about reinfection. Because now I also heard someone talking saying that students can use this because it sort of allows them to, and I'm not adding this, them to finish their studies and not get infected but what if it becomes a habit in a a young person's life where they have multiple partners they keep using uh, keep getting this prep uh, medication post exposure or pre exposure whatever it is Um, but very little you I didn't hear yourself or the doctor talking about the risk that people are at in terms of the PrEP itself, building up a resistance. Okay. So that's a- and I think it's very important that you talk about that so that people are aware that this is not a lifestyle. They cannot make their lives to become like this where they, they're dependent on PrEP because it will fail them at some point. And when they really need these things to work for them, it won't work for them because it, by then it will have built up a
3: resistance. Okay. So okay, okay. Okay. Are so we so- talking about PEP or PREP? Okay, so, so,
1: okay. Uh, both. Okay. Uh, PrEP. But I mean, we we need to talk about about whatever medication it is building up a resistance. That's what I'm saying. If, if someone you're... is on ARV treatment and they're also not taking uh, it well, it will also build up a resistance. I think in a program like this, it's important that we cover that. We talk about that whether it's pre or whether pre-exposure prophylaxis or whether it is whether it is prep as you call it. Uh, we need to talk about resistance So that people are informed And take informed decisions
2: Okay So the first thing Faith Is that You can only get resistance So the resistance is when The HIV is no longer responding To, to, to antiretroviral treatment mm-hmm. That only happens In the presence of HIV So you can't get resistance In a person Who's taking treatment For PrEP Or for PEP You can't Because there is no virus To get resistance To the medication mm-hmm.
1: Yes, so, but what I'm saying, uh, um, in, when the person keeps, let's say someone buys it, it now becomes, they, they buy a whole box full of it. Mm. it. At some point, it will build up a resistance. It's like antibiotics. If you well, can take well, the look, antibiotics, then, and, 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 uh, uh you know, uh, Without you, you finish, you don't finish the course
3: Remember, we're not talking training. about a patient who was on treatment and defaulted. We're talking about somebody who's on the PrEP program or PEP. And before you start those programs, you have to be tested and you have to be, and you, and you should be negative. Resistance only happens there. when the virus is in your body and you expose it to the drugs and it, it, it gets an opportunity to get stronger. That's when resistance has. But if the virus is not in your body, there can be no resistance formed because you're HIV negative.
2: Yeah. But so I'm talking about the prep itself. Is it a tablet? It is a tablet, and so
1: if they continue taking it, obviously they get used to the body, no, and when the body really needs it, it's not it like that. It's not, it's
2: not like that for, 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 for HIV. Um, fake. It's like that. So if you're HIV positive and you're in treatment, and you keep stopping and starting medication, That's then you story. can build resistance. Yeah. That's a different story. But in this, in the case of prep. Which is pre-exposure And PEP Which is post-exposure Because you're HIV negative Right So each time you come And we test you for HIV You're still negative And we will put you back On PrEP Or we'll give you PEP if you need it You can't build resistance Because there is no HIV In your system Mm. I I still don't understand Okay so I'll I'll I'll, I'll get your number From the producer And I'll be in touch With you after the show Thank you so much. Okay, thank Thanks you for so calling. So, 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 Bhati, so that's something that comes up mm. quite a lot. I think, I think a lot of the resistance around pre-exposure prophylaxis and post-exposure prophylaxis amongst the clinicians is because of the, the misconception that you can build resistance um, to, to, to the medication and, mm. and it stops working eventually. And if you do test positive and you need treatment, it won't work but that's a misconception that's not that's not that's not factual it all, yeah
3: it's not factual at all and i think it also it also falls in with with the stigma argument that we have our own personal opinions and ideas that are not necessarily true so i might have ideas about my patient who i think is going to be promiscuous i don't think those ideas should be part of treatment management i should i should be able to treat him um as best I can and if I don't know how to treat them you should I think there's a hotline that you can phone there's a website there's, there's all types of opportunities for us to get proper protocols from, from, from I think even the clinician society there are tools and resources if you're a clinician who has a patient in front of you and you're not sure what to do you can actually who can we contact since we can contact you we can contact mm. the clinician society um, I think everybody's got a hotline now most of the NGOs have one yeah. And you can you can simply say, "Look, just hold on a minute. I want to find out what I, what what I could do next, because this thing about resistance, the whole the whole thing is that we're talking about one patient who is who is negative, mm. who is preventing the actual transmission of HIV into their body. Mm. We're not talking about a patient who defaults for three months, goes somewhere and says, "I was traveling, comes back, starts again on the regimen defaults again because so-and-so said they must stop taking treatment gets on uh, you know gets on second line that's when resistance forms when somebody is not um adherent to the medication
2: okay so we have a tweet from sir pax and he says that i don't think it's a good idea to tell people this information and it's for their own sake we are so irresponsible to say the least and that's 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 his opinion we have dawn on line one she's our last caller before we wrap up Um, good evening dawn and welcome to the show
1: Hi, thank you, uh, Dr. Cindy. I'm sorry, I didn't hear the other doctor's name. I'm Dr. Um Bajai. So, I think what you are doing is really, really important in terms of educating us on the progress of HIV because a lot of people still don't understand. I mean, even now, some of the things that you're talking about are only learned about this year and I think it's really useful that you teach about it. I think we need more platforms and from government, schools and other platforms that are going to educate us further because as you can tell from the previous call, there's a lot that we don't understand about it and it almost reminds of when I was young and I was being taught about HIV and AIDS and I thought that people who have lots of sex make AIDS mm-hmm. and I think we, we reached that place where the information is so complex for us that we actually don't understand how How did we get here so soon because just a decade ago AIDS was killing us mm. no, I think it's really really important to just especially with a, the with a health department to find opportunities to educate us I don't agree with, with the um, tweet that says if Irresponsible for, for people If people know They can use The
3: information Responsibly Correct no,
2: Yeah thank you So much for that I thing. don't think
3: Information changes Your personality If you're responsible You're responsible mm. But we have, we have An obligation To educate our patients We do
2: But see So where can we Find you
3: You can find me In Weinberg um, At Castle, Which is Eighty nine What Avenue, um Yarona Building. Basically if you come to if you're going to Alexander and you find Sasa, I'm right next door to Sasa.
2: No, but th- thank you yeah. so much for being a guest on my show. I thank really enjoyed chatting to you and I love the work that you're doing.
3: Thanks for having me. Thank I love you very the work much. That
2: you're doing. Um and yeah, that's this was an interesting show. I think from the calls that I fielded, there's still a lot of work for me to there's do. There's a lot more to do. Yeah. And I think we'll have we'll have this kind of show once every once every so often. Just to, just to update people on what's been happening mm. and also just to engage. I think We are here to learn. Mm -hmm. I'm always learning from from the tweets, from the calls, from the engagement. And um, I also have a lot to teach. And this is why we'll keep doing what we're doing on Kaya FM on Sidebar with Cindy.
1: Sidebar with Cindy.
0: Every Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. On Kaya FM, 95.9. Rewinding.
1: Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.